Education and Sounds built to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work back Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What is pleasure for you? For centuries, women have been taught to deny their own pleasure and many haven't had access to basic instruction on how to pursue it. And research shows that 80% of women deprioritize their own pleasure. So the pleasure gap is real and largely among us vulva-bodied people. And it's profoundly affecting our experience of what feels good. I mean, ask many of us and it's as if finding joy in our own body takes a backseat to everyone else's needs. In today's episode, we'd like to flip that script. I'm senior producer Taylor Camille and host of today's conversation with two experts, Alexandra Fine, the CEO of Dame, and sexuality doula Evian Whitney. It's our first step in defining pleasure, paving a path to seeking it, and most importantly, working to close the ever-widening pleasure gap. You know, like I've been given and fed all of these narratives about how my pleasure isn't important and how this isn't something that I should prioritize within myself or, you know, I should abstain and all these things. Like I've been fed so much nonsense about my own body. What do I want to experience instead? My name is Evian Whitney. I am a sexuality doula, an educator, a facilitator, and author of the book, Sensual Self. I think pleasure is such a big word. It's so expansive. It shows up in a lot of different ways. But how would you define pleasure if you could? I would define pleasure as anything that you can do that makes your body feel good. And I like that definition because I think pleasure has been so sexualized. Like a lot of us have equated pleasure. And maybe there are people who are listening to this conversation and they're like, oh, pleasure, you're talking about sex and you're talking about orgasm and masturbation. And like, yeah, that's one aspect of pleasure. But I want us to remember that we have the potential to experience pleasure outside of the sexual realm. And that pleasure is about feeling good in our own bodies. So like, what are the things that make you feel good? What are the things that bring you joy, that delight your senses, that help your body soften? That to me is is the definition of pleasure. 
Evian has devoted the last decade to becoming an authority on pleasure. And when she shared her definition with me, it really shifted my perspective because we do often lump, you know, pleasure with sex and sexuality. But reframing pleasure as simply what feels good to you and your body at this moment felt like a very radical approach. I wondered what Evian's journey had been like getting to this point of curiousness around her sexuality her sensuality, and making space to heal and hold room for both her joy and her pleasure. Oh, man. It it was a long and arduous journey that I'm still on, to be honest. I mean, I've been doing this work for over 11 years, and I still feel like I'm in the space of, of understanding who I am as a sexual person, who I am as a sensual person, what things give me pleasure. The reason why I got into this work was because I was really wanting to understand the answers to those questions. I grew up in purity culture where I signed a purity contract when I was eight and everything that I knew about sex and my body when I was growing up was steeped in mystery and also shame. And um, I wasn't allowed to explore or ask questions about pleasure or sex or take ownership of my own desires and my own body. And it wasn't until I was in my adult years um, that I really started to piece apart these questions of like, who am I without this sexual shame? And so I started asking myself these questions, not really knowing how I was going to come to the answers to them and educating myself and giving myself the sex education that I, I just didn't have. I think there's a part of me that just like really loves what I do and, and loves to also encourage people to ask themselves these same questions. Yeah, it's really remarkable that you're able to, from that place, not only heal yourself, but also tap into helping others heal themselves. I think having to navigate that for yourself is one thing, but also having to navigate other people is is a whole other thing. And so as you help people heal, what are the things that you implore them to seek or reflect on as they figure out what does bring them pleasure? Especially if you're suppressing those feelings for so long, it might be hard to dig them out. Yeah, that's a big question. Um, first, I I want to invite folks to think about the sort of relationship that they already have with pleasure. And anytime I say the word pleasure, I'm not just talking about sexual pleasure. I'm also talking Mm -hmm. about pleasure as a whole. And typically their responses are like, I don't really have much of a relationship because I've been told that pleasure is sort of like an extracurricular. It's superficial. It's not something that you should be seeking out because there's so many things to do in a day and I am only allowed to reward myself with pleasurable things if I have been productive enough or if I have Mm. um, achieved enough. So a lot of people's relationships with pleasure are really fraught. I think it stems back to, you know, historically women and femmes have been taught to ignore their pleasure. They've been taught to um, bypass the things that make them feel good as a way. I don't know. There's the, the purity culture is in all of us, you know, like this, mm-hmm. this understanding that in order to be good, you have to abstain. Like it sort of shows the self-control and it shows that like, I am a ruler of my body. I won't allow it to rule over me. I could give my clients and my students all kinds of practices that they can engage in to help them up their pleasure and make them feel good. But if they're still coming to those practices with the mindset that like, my pleasure isn't important or 
I'm not meant to have this. I'm not allowed to enjoy. I'm not allowed to savor. That's really not like, it's just going to undo so much of the work. We don't live in a world that is encouraging us to prioritize your pleasure. You know, Mm -hmm. like we don't live in a world that's like, hey, if you want to take a nap every day, that's great because your care and your sanity and your, your wholeness and your dignity is important. Like for the most part, we live in a world that is constantly telling us to override our bodies, um, to treat our bodies as machines, to not reward ourselves until we reach a specific productive goal. We congratulate and celebrate folks who are able to, to live like this. We sort of frown upon the hedonists, the people that are just like, I am going to take care of myself. I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to perform for you. I'm not going to shuck and jive for you. Like we look at those people as like, wow, what are you doing? Do you want to get a job? Do you want to have friends? Do you want like, (laughs) this happens so much in my work. A lot of us internalize the ways that we are not and think that it has something to do with us. Like, no, there are whole systems of oppression for centuries that have told us that we're not allowed to experience our pleasure, particularly for Black folks, you know? Like, yeah. whenever I'm in a conversation about about pleasure, I think about my own ancestors and how a lot of them were not able to find or have pleasure within their own bodies due to slavery. I just like to call that into the space because I think it's so easy to think that like, oh, I should be doing more. It's like, no, there are forces that are bigger than us that have created these structures that have told us and and continue to tell us that our pleasure isn't important. That was such a good and necessary reminder. I mean, oftentimes I myself am so hard on me to do more and hold myself up to such a high, high, high standard, but there's more than me I'm up against. Evian shares how we can start to make little changes in the way we show up for ourselves. The work that I do, I'm trying to invite people to think like, listen, we're all busy. We've all got something to do. Is it possible for you to take a tiny baby step in the direction of your pleasure each day? Are there ways that you can engage in your day that make you feel more held? So I like to look at like, what are you wearing? You know, like, are you wearing clothes that feel good in your body or are they constrictive? Do they feel rough, you know? Just going through each thing um, that they experience in their lives and thinking about what are some ways that I can feel a little bit more good. And to remind yourself that like pleasure is your birthright, you know? What do you need in this moment that will make your body feel good? Alexandra Fine created a small business based on answering that very question. What will make your body feel good? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
this category just felt so ripe for disruption. I'm Alexandra Fine. I am the CEO and co-founder of a company called Dame Products. We make tools for sexual pleasure. I believe that sex is a valid and powerful and an important part of the human experience and our well-being. And I created a company around that. Women are four times more likely than men to say that sex has been not at all pleasurable in the past year. And I think even when we just think about the ideas of bad sex and what does bad sex mean when women say it versus men, there is a gender difference. When we see a macro trend uh, between the two sexes, I just think it's like, where else in our life are we not expecting pleasure? Like, do we know joy? Do we know what that feels like in our bones? Or are we just like going around using our bodies just to support other people all the time? What did you think was missing in the market when you were thinking about starting Dame? Innovation, honor. So bringing quality, science, research, like intention to the space, I think was really important. Being advocates for the discourse and the idea that we can engage and have conversations around sex in healthy ways. I sued the New York City subway system uh, because they wouldn't let us run ads. And I just launched Sephora. In some ways, we're riding a trend. And in other ways, when I take a step back, I'm like, wow, we're also creating it. I did some like market research where I asked people whether or not they felt sexually fulfilled and if they were interested in changing it and why. And what I found was that people who identified as women were, were more likely to say that sex isn't as enjoyable and less interested in making it better. Because they don't believe that it can be. They've, you know, been in a relationship for 10 plus years and just is what it is. It it just hasn't served them. And like, I don't think have a belief that they could have more of that joy. We are handed one specific script about what sex is supposed to look like, which is like penis goes in a vagina and then you guys come together and then it's over because he can't go anymore. And just breaking that script gives you so much opportunity. It forces you to have conversations and not just make assumptions. 10% of of women, that's how the studies refer to them, 10% are anorgasmic. I've never had an orgasm. And so Alexandra set up shop, hoping to help more women experience more sexual pleasure. Though I wondered how she remembers the journey to her own pleasure practice, and in this instance, her sexual pleasure. I remember masturbating as a really young kid, pumping pillows and stuffed animals and enjoyed it and felt powerful in it. My first experience with the pleasure gap was definitely around middle school. My first kiss, which was like in front of a circle of 13 year olds at a bat mitzvah where they counted down and then we kissed. The boy was getting high fives and I was getting side eyed. And I was like, wait, we just did the same thing together. What is that about? I remember this one vibrator I had in college that like lit on fire. And that was like the first one I definitely purchased. I had a radio show called Nocturnal Transmissions. I mean, I just played like electronic music and then talked about sex or answered caller questions. And (laughs) I was just really interested in this topic and it was fun to talk about. I felt really connected to the human experience through sex. 
after getting my master's at Columbia, I ended up working in consumer goods, selling all natural baby shampoo. I loved being a part of a small business and wanted to start my own. As Evian shared, it's not often women are able to tap into their pleasure and know what makes them feel good in general, let alone in bed. So I asked Alexandra, how can women, and cis women especially, make their own script, stop being performative in faking orgasms and pretending their partners are pleasing them when it's simply not the case? And how can they maybe venture out and add a vibrator to their sexual pleasure practice? There's so many ways we can do it. And it's ultimately just in our actions and how we show up, ask for more or express that we're not getting enough. Definitely go through the journey of like, being as performative as you want to be, to questioning all of your scripts, to repicking how, what you want. I think that that can look like anything from sitting down with your partner, like not in the bedroom, to like let them know like that, hey, like look, I fucking love this relationship. There are so many moments in, you know, in sex that are really enjoyable, but that you'd love to like do a deep dive to really prioritize each other's pleasure. And that that for you is also, you know, about you getting more too. And hopefully that will spark a lot of curiosity and you'll have that conversation. Sex is such a powerful stage of negotiation, of communication, and being able to do that well there, it has a rippling effect. People are always worried about creating a pattern or like being addicted to a vibrator and needing it and it changing the relationship that they have without a vibrator. You can do it. You can go to dayandproducts.com and purchase your very first vibrator right now because you are brave. I think it's always good to make sure we're getting diversity in our sexual experiences. I think that's really helpful. It's good to use your hands sometimes and use a vibrator another time or have two vibrators. Make sure you don't watch the same type of porn all the time. What I'd want people to really question too is like, well, wouldn't it be good to change a pattern? The pattern is that you're going to have more pleasure and you're going to have more joy. You know, all the research and science shows, too, that who masturbate, there's correlations between that and the satisfaction that they have in their relationships and their sex lives. So it does have a positive impact. Okay, so we know the questions to start asking ourselves as we tap into our pleasure and that it doesn't have to be tied to our sexual pleasure. But we also know how to show up for ourselves in the steamy moments, too. As I wrapped conversation with both Alexandra and Evian, I wondered what a pleasure revolution would look like for them if they could dream one up. It's so expansive. What it looks like is us just checking in with our joy more often and and prioritizing our pleasure. Just, I, I really hope that people are taking a moment to just reflect on the life that they're living, knowing that they are entitled to more pleasure and trying to figure out how to claim that, how to share your desires and put that out there. Um, to try and make it more of a reality. I want, oh, a pleasure revolution. I really want pleasure to be for everybody. Like I, I want for us all, every single person on the face of the planet to attain this feeling of feeling good in their bodies and feeling safe in their bodies and feeling like they are allowed to speak up on behalf of what makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. I don't want pleasure to feel like it is exclusive, you know, like mm-hmm. only people that make a certain amount of money in their bank account get access to that. I really want pleasure 
to be for everybody. My rallying cry to create this pleasure revolution or to add to this pleasure revolution is just like continue to seek it both within a sexual context and outside of it because like it is literally our birthright. It's nothing that anybody can take away from us. I'd really love for there to be a pleasure revolution too. The day we can all feel reconnected to our own pleasure is truly a day I'd like to see. And it's in these times that are so traumatic and painful that it's so easy to focus on the suffering and the pain and the trauma. But in those moments are when I'm wondering, you know, what can we do? Will I ever feel less helpless? Will I ever feel relief and safe and good in my own body again? It's in those exact moments to get into a practice of pleasure. So I hope we're all able to be a little more courageous and find our own true, genuine, authentic practices that encompass many of our joys, both non-sexual and sexual alike, and prioritize it because pleasure is our birthright. On today's show, you heard from Alexandra Fine and Evian Whitney. This episode was scripted in part by Suzanne Clores and produced by Ella Dove, Abby Stone, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, share. Mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette.